Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Another episode of the Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli, and I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, like this one, where we talk about Doctor Who, and our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. And if you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. Uh, but if you have comments, concerns, questions, you should email those to podcast at MindRobber.net. Uh, or you can start some, uh, some, some, some discussions on the comments, in the comments thread on the site, mindrobber.net. Uh, today we're talking about the Christopher Eccleston two-parter, uh, Aliens in, Aliens of London? Aliens in London. Aliens of London. And World War Three. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, do we have a background of significance for this? Really? Uh, nothing super, like, massive. Nothing that'll break the bank. Um, uh, those are the good ones. This one's more like, uh, this is the th- actually the second story that was put into production. Because um, Doctor Who, New Doctor Who is actually shot entirely out of order like a movie. And then they kind of just put the episodes in the order that the showrunner decides later. Or ahead of time. So, the uh, series one, this Eccleston series, was shot... Rose first, and then it went and shot these two stories, uh, or these two episodes, Aliens Alone and World War Three, and then went back and shot uh, End of the World and Unquiet Dead. Um, so this is still, like, early days of Doctor Who. This is, <laughs> You can tell that they still kind of have a budget, um, mostly because uh, when you hit after End of the World, the budget just disappears because it's such a friggin' expensive story. Um, <laughs> but but it's, uh, it's directed by Keith Boak, who uh, went out and did um, he did Rose and he did this and this is the only these are the only things that he's worked on in terms of Doctor Who ever uh, written by Russell T Davies. It also features the return of Mickey Smith and uh, uh, oh god I forgot Rose's mom's name oh that's bad uh, Jackie, Jackie Tyler Jackie Tyler <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's still early days and it's still a lot of fun and I don't know uh, I have more thoughts on it but that's basically the background for it they, the 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 decision was to like do something to shake up after the first like run of 3 Russell T Davies was like hey let's do a big splashy something to get people's attention um that'll that'll make a lot of waves and make people like go ooh hello and, and that was the decision apparently at one point it was supposed to be based on like one of the old Quatermass serials which was like a precursor to Doctor Who which was from the 1950s that's a whole nother discussion um but uh, Russell D. Davies, because that, that whole thing was like they find an alien spacecraft, they find a dead 
uh, alien and then they try to figure out what to do is there an alien invasion and whatnot and Russell T. Davies was going to do that and then he remembered about halfway through writing it that he was like oh I have aliens and CGI let's just make real aliens <laughs> so it turned into this um, and yeah that's basically the uh, the background for this <clears throat> so alright well uh, before we start talking about it you guys should go to instocktrades.com because they are sponsoring this episode, and while you're there, you should pick up Revolver by Matt Kent, which is only eleven ninety nine, uh, because it's forty percent off the suggested retail price of nineteen ninety nine. It's our book of the month this month, so go pick that up and a few other things. Because all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com for sponsoring the show. Um, so, uh, this episode I have a couple of things uh one right off the bat and I think that this is uh, a lot of Murray Gold was doing the music in this first season right yeah okay his music in this first season um is really different from his other stuff mm-hmm. uh and I, it makes the Eccleston season feel very uh, separated from the rest of the show, I think. Definitely. Um, but uh, I, I, I was thinking about um, The Doctor's Daughter, which was an episode we talked about a few, uh, few weeks back. Um, and how that – I feel like that episode would have been better as a Davis and Arrow story like back in the 80s. Um, give it some room to breathe and, and everything. And I just, it felt like a Davis and era story being forced upon David Tennant. Um, this story feels like a Sylvester McCoy story being forced upon Christopher Eccleston, um, much in the same way. Uh, this, this is a, this is, this is a McCoy story like big time. Um, and I was noticing it a lot more now that I've seen a lot more, of McCoy stories, I got a huge McCoy vibe from this, uh, from this story. And I think that there's a lot of good in this. Um, all of the stuff, you know, like where Rose comes back and she's been gone for a year accidentally. Uh, like all that stuff is good. I, I, I really liked all of that. Um, all of the relationship things. Uh, and I like the vague idea of an alien invasion or an aliens invading um, Downey Street, but the execution of this is god awful, and I hate it. And I, 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 I hate it. I hate it. The aliens, the Slovene, are the worst. They're the worst. And I don't know if it's the director's fault. If I should be blaming the director. If I should be bl- blaming Russell T. Davies, because there, man, there are some clunkers in this script. Um, the silent but deadly. Oh God, I wanted to punch him in the face. Like I just, as soon as he said, "Would you prefer silent, of, uh, silent or deadly?" I just was looking for Russell T. Davies' face to just punch, because he deserves <laughs> it for writing that into a script. Um, it's that's the worst, l- lowest common denominator writing. It's uh, uh um, and so like I don't know, and I, I or if it's the actors' fault who are just overacting like crazy, um. Uh, but the guy, the 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 character actors that are playing the Slovene, 
are so over the top ridiculous. Like they're like Power Rangers characters. Um it's this isn't good. This isn't good. I think that this has the potential. It has it has the potential. The idea has potential to have been good, but somebody needed to tell Russell T. Davies, look, farting aliens, not a good idea if you want anyone to take this show seriously. Because um, it's stupid, and it's bad. Uh, it's just bad. So, that's where I'm at. I'm, I, I love the really good stuff, but anything with the Selene, I just, I, it's why I hate this story, is because of them. They ruin, I think that's why I hate this story, is because that stuff on its own would have just been mediocre, but the fact that it's ruining an otherwise great story is what really makes me angry and why I hate it. So, hmm. that's how I feel about it. Hmm. <laughs> I really hate it. No, I, I, I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> I heard you. Um, I don't quite echo those sentiments. I think that the 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 stuff with the Selene has not I mean it wasn't good to begin with but it hasn't aged well um considering that the story like where the show goes later and that Davies more or less grows out of that sort of writing um but I have to say like for me I it really bothers me and I, I I know it shouldn't but it really bothers me when people go and do a um uh, talk about a story especially with Doctor Who something that they watched as a kid and say uh, oh, I, I don't see the flaws in this. I just know the nostalgia. I just get nostalgic when I watch it. Um, that's one of the, that's a defense I actually heard for Underworld of all things. Um, and I was like, wow, that was that's unacceptable. Um, that said, this is I mean, for all, by all rights, this is the story that is why I'm a Doctor Who fan. So I have a really big like affinity for it. Now I say that knowing that there's better stuff this season and knowing that this is like not the best story in the season. But, like, when I watched this show for the first time, I watched Rose, End of the World, and um, Unquiet Dead in a row. And after Unquiet Dead, I was like, eh, okay. And then I put it down for a while. Mostly because I watched the next time for Unquiet Dead, saw them blowing up Big Ben, and was just like, they don't really do that on Doctor Who. And then I don't know why, I just I just didn't go back to it. And then a couple months later, I came back and watched this. And this is the story that kind of hooked me on it. Like, after this, I was like, ooh, this show's actually funny, and it's actually clever, and it's got a lot of, it's got a little, got a good action and good character moments and stuff. And after this, like, I was kind of hooked. Like, I remember just going through, blowing through the rest of the season after I watched this. Um, I don't, I don't hate the Slitheen. I quite... I like them. I think the farting is the thing that really just ruins it. Um, I actually like them because it's the, the way maniacal th- laughing. It's the <laughs> maniacal laughing just as much as the farting. Sure, like, but both of them are awful. Both things sh- are awful. Sure, but I think the thing that I noticed this time is that what Boke brings to Doctor Who that I don't think a lot of other people bring, especially because like. Boke, at, Boke as a director gets to come in and basically remake Doctor Who however he wants to make it. Um, visually, um, tonally, he can do whatever he wants with it. And the only thing that he had left last to go on was either the Paul McGann movie or the end of Sylvester McCoy, take your pick. And I think that between Rose and this, the thing that really strikes me about it, especially when it comes to the alien aspect, is the fact that Boke 
is really interested in Doctor Who as a B-movie, the explosion of the Slitheen because of the vinegar is a huge B-movie moment. And the uh, the use of the Autons and Rose is really B-movie to me. And the overacting really also speaks to the B-movie. And I don't think it's perfectly well done, but in terms of this is Doctor Who as a B-movie, I mean, it really works for me. Um, and it really makes it... Like, I don't know, I feel like it's, it stands well, the fart jokes aside, which are just really, just really, really poorly done. Um, the rest of this, I don't know, I love watching the big green monsters running through Downing Street on the hunt. Like, that's a lot of fun to me. I love that they're just big green rubber suits. Like, that's one of the reasons why I love Doctor Who. It's like, it just, like, this story just takes those tropes and embraces them, and that's the thing that I, like... I'm left with thinking after this. Like, it's just, I don't know. I have such a good time. And it's like, I guess the nostalgia plays into that. Um, Because I do think that there's a lot of flaws within this story. But you're right. All the stuff with the characters and all the stuff with the relationships is all just, just great. Like, really just delightful. And one of the reasons that the Davies era is still one of my favorites. Like, it's... Everything with uh, Rose's mom and Mickey. Like, I, I forgot how insufferable and prattish Mickey was back in the day. Because <laughs> he's kind of unbearable. But, like, I don't know. I just, I loved, I love pretty much all of this story. And Eccleston, like, god damn it, he's great. Um, he's great all over this. Uh, and it's just such a, it's such a delight for me. Um, it's, again, not perfect. Definitely probably the weakest of the season in my opinion like this and unquiet dead because uh, i actually have a really big soft spot for boomtown but this is like yeah this is definitely the weaker part of the season but you know for me that says a lot more about the season than it does about the story so yeah see this was the opposite um for me because this was when i heard the doctor who was coming back i watched um up until Aliens in London, and was just like, uh, no. And, <laughs> and I was done with the show. And it wasn't until Dalek, which I watched after I found out um, that Tenet was going to be the next Doctor. And there was like that first image of his outfit um, out, and I was like, wow, this guy looks cool. I was like, alright, I'll go back and finish and then it wasn't and then I watched the rest of the first season and it wasn't until Dalek that I was like okay this show's awesome Mm -hmm. um but I had to get through uh I had to get through World War Three first which granted isn't as insufferable as the first part um but it's still pretty insufferable and I think I think too I think my big problem and this is it's so weird that this is a problem but you know the farting thing is stupid, but they have a scientific reason for it happening, and then they just abandon it, and it's just farting. <laughs> because the alien is still making the noise when it's an alien. Yeah. And it's like, I thought you said that this there was a scientific reason, and yeah. that's why it was doing it. I was like, that's fine, but as soon as you take that away, now you're just farting because yeah. you think it's funny. And that's mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah. Well, no, you're not. You're not wrong. And that's the that's the biggest thing is like, uh, it's it's a cute joke. It's not a great joke. It's a cute joke. But then it just they just push it too far and it becomes just ludicrous. Um. But but you're right. The second part, I 
I don't know. I really like the mystery of this first part, but the second part is pretty much just running around for like forty five minutes, um, and I and I like that. Um, and there's a lot less time spent with you know trying to make the aliens fart and the mystery. Um, mm-hmm. And that's you know, you're, you're right. Like the second part is much more like bearable in terms of Slitheen, especially because yeah. once they're just monsters, then it's then it's just a delight. Like then you're just like, oh, these are crazy giant. Green, ar- green long-armed monsters with giant claws who just want to, like, tear up doors and stuff. Like, that's right. that's the fun stuff. Uh, but the farts, like, the the scene, like, I, I mean, we were online uh, IMing back and forth while we were watching this, um, albeit, like, with a 15-minute time difference. But the scene where they bring in the general into, like, the, the, the cabinet room, and they're just farting to fart and then laughing about it and, like... Margaret Sladeen is like, woohoo! It's just like that's 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 when the story kind of like loses me. I mean, mm-hmm. I came back really quickly, but that's when the story was just like, all right, let's just get through this scene. And like the 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 problem is that like then they 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 do that scene where it's just like so over the top and so ridiculous, and then they have what is essentially a dude being filleted alive, and like you know, because they just basically just eviscerate that dude rip off his skin and use it as a skin suit, which is, like, pretty dark, but because it's the Davies era, it's also played for lightness, and, I mean, I'm having that sort of trouble with the story I'm watching right now, but uh, there's a there's a, there's a a big disconnect between, like, should they be taken seriously and should they not be taken seriously? And, like, if they're not to be taken seriously, then there's no stakes. But if they are to be taken seriously, then you can't quite laugh as much at them and they can't be quite as silly, if that right. makes sense. And I yeah, think that it's 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 a totally it's a mess of a story. Sure, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and like and that, but that's something that I think Davies masters later. Like he definitely later on gets like the silly with the serious and manages to get it down pat. But this is like his first attempt. I mean, this is the first. I think this is the first thing he wrote after Rose. And if not, like you know, he certainly wrote this before Long Game and the Season Ender. And like, I think that. It's it's interesting to see how far he comes very quickly out of this because um, nothing really, like nothing really is this like ridiculous short of probably Love and Monsters, and I think Love and Monsters handles it a whole lot better. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that's 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 that that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also gotta say, <laughs> they do blow up Big Ben and they do blow up Ten Downing Street, which is. I don't know. I have a I have this weird affinity for Russell T Davies being completely British sacrilegious. Uh, <laughs> cuz it's just it's just so ridiculous and it's like right in his wheelhouse. Like the the mantra when he takes over the show is aliens are here and they're invading your living room. Like that's why there's a scene in Rose very early on where Jackie Tyler is watching TV and she sees Rose's department building blow up and Davies says that that was a very specific move to say that Doctor Here is Doctor Who is here, he's on Earth, and he's on your television screen. Like this is just taking that a step further. Like he eventually gets it all the way in um Christmas Invasion when there's a full on alien invasion and no going back from it. But I think that like just oh God, the sacrilege is wonderful. Like it's just it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I have to say about the sacrilege. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think the stuff with, uh, with Harriet Jones is good. Um, love, I love her. I do. Yeah. Uh, 
and I liked. Um, are we to assume that uh, is it Tosh? Are we to assume? Yeah, to, that, Toshiko. Yeah, yeah, are we to assume that that is Tosh? Uh, you could make the inference. Okay, because they never I just they never say her name, right? Yeah, yeah. I just assume it's Tosh, um, and then just move on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this is how I mean, this is how she got the job on Torchwood because of this. Yeah, so. well, they just they cast Torchwood between <laughs> like the past, like the like the next four episodes, like <laughs> they just pet te- they just cast everyone in Torchwood. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So I, you know, I. I it's, it's just it's just the Celine. It's just the Celine. I, they're just awful. Um, sure. And then they they end up going to their rightful place on, uh, on uh, the the Sarah Jane adventures. Um, where they fit a, better. Yes, where they fit better because that's a kids show. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like the Power Rangers. Uh, so you know that's <laughs> where they belong because they should be. You know, tying people to railroad tracks and farting. That's that's <laughs> what they would be doing. That's what's missing from Snidely Whiplash is a good amount of farting. That's really just... Yeah. Well, <laughs> like tying them to railroad tracks and farting on them. Exactly. That's um, what the Slovene would... And then laughing. <laughs> and then dancing and farting. <laughs> and then riding horses and farting. I do um, find it questionable how much uh, the Slovene know about... British politics. <laughs> I find that extremely <laughs> problematic. <laughs> yeah, they 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 know it really well, really yeah. really well. <laughs> um, I mean, they must have studied for like ten years before coming and doing this because they really know what they're doing. It's weird. Oh yeah. And pre like pre Wikipedia. I mean, Wikipedia makes everything easier. Like these are this is very pre Wikipedia London, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't quite know. And even their plot is just completely ridiculous. Like it's just like we're gonna we're gonna blow up the planet and sell it for scraps. Like that's just that's so crazy. Like it's just <laughs> it's just it's just nuts. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not great. And it's really just like the one sort of blemish on the season. Uh, but it definitely like I don't know. I love the I love the cliffhanger. I think the cliffhanger is really well done. The cross cutting is effective. Russell T Davies knows how to write a good cross cut. I find, mm-hmm. um, given this and his other two parters, like they, it always impresses me. And this is like this is no exception because I remember watching this the first time and I don't think I knew it was a two parter. Which is like, ooh, hello, that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, B movie. It's it's also telling because like thinking about like what Doctor Who looks like now um, with the super glossy um, like the Moffat era. You just look at the Moffat era and it's just like money is just thrown at the screen. Everything is so shiny. Oops, sorry. Everything is so shiny and so pretty. And then you know, and then there's like big CGI effects. Like watching this here, like you can tell that there's a set number of times they can show that spaceship. Um, <laughs> 10 Downing Street really, it just, it looks a lot rougher and a lot grimier. Really just B-movie is the is the thing. And I, I, there's a sort of charm to that that I find I, I really like about the Eccleston years. Because once you get out of it, Tenant, like, the Tenant era becomes much more 
much it feels much less like they're just shooting on random locations they can get into. Like here, you can tell that they're just shooting wherever they can because because <laughs> that's how it works. It's just it's just funny to me, and I find that. I don't know. Again, that just brings me back to the charm of the first series, where you're just like, you can tell that they really didn't have much of a budget, um, and it was like they didn't even know if it was going to work. Like they mm-hmm. were just like, "Yeah, hey, let's just let's just do a season and see how it goes." Yeah, 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 and and yeah, Harriet Jones, Harriet Jones, Penelope Walton is just great. Mm-hmm. She is a she's a true delight. When she came back in the Christmas Invasion, I was like, "Yeah, let's let's see this." Oh, oh, that's what you did with her. Okay. <laughs> She's busy shooting Woody Allen movies. <laughs> and Edgar Wright movies. And those. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. times. Good. I, I don't know. Good times. And it, you know, that trailer at the end, the Dalek trailer, we were just like, damn, that's, that's a hell of a trailer. It is a hell of a trailer. <laughs> I was like, I, I, all right, I'll watch that next. <laughs> Which is the next Eccleston we're watching in uh, a couple of months. You're right. <laughs> At least a couple of months. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> it could end up being next year. Oh, oh it'll be it'll be next year. Oh, okay. Like, make no mistake. No, no, no. We're, I don't even know if we're getting two ambassadors of death by the end of the year. But We're not going to have 22 free weeks by next year. So. No, oh, God, no. No, no. Um, no. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, it's, um, I hate this episode just because <laughs> it's Celine. So, you know, I'm sorry. I just hate him so much. Sure. I also, I question the, uh, the let's hide under a door jam principle that Rose goes for at the end when there's the missile coming. <laughs> I mean, I, even even the first time I was watching this, I was like, I don't think that's how missiles work. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, the whole thing is basically just a giant roll cage. And the doctor's like, this isn't going to work. And Rose is like, let's hide in the closet. And it somehow works. Like, it somehow just manages to work. Well, when there's no fridges around, you have to climb into a, co- <laughs> into a closet. <laughs> oh, man. So, I do. Know, one thing that I did find surprising... At least I don't remember anyone mentioning it. Is the fact that the reason the doctor was when he figured out what had gone wrong and he went racing to catch Rose uh, in the teaser, like they never say that, like they never even have Rose just be like, "Can we just go back and like you know do over?" Or like they never even they that never even comes up. Yeah, um, that's not that's not part of the conversation. I yeah, mean, which I think is it's uh, it's you know, it's just funny that not spoon feeding your audience like that it happens in this, and then so does the farting aliens. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Sure. Well, it doesn't like. I mean, the the funny thing is no is now we know what the doctor would say about going back in time because once they meet Jackie in the future and they hadn't met her in the past, they can't go back and change that. Right. But, but it's, you're you're right. It's a weird incongruity where they're just like, huh? That's our weird. audience is smarter. Like they they understand what's going on, <laughs> but they love flatulence. 
<laughs> Love it. And it's funny because Rose, like, even the center point of the final scene is Rose saying to, to her mom, it's a time machine, I can come back in ten seconds. And her mom doesn't go, well, you could have done it, like, you know, you could have gone back in time. <laughs> she doesn't, but she doesn't say that. Um, and it's weird because, like, the whole, the show... I don't know, because that's the thing about the classic series, is the classic series never played with time travel, ever. Um, I think it did it in, like, Modern and Dead and Day of the Daleks, but, like, you, like if you watch the classic series, you'd be shocked at how many times the Doctor seems to just forget that he has a time machine. And I think that, like, <laughs> it's just a thing that started to, to, like, grow in the show. Like, in Rose, it's not a thing, and then in End of the World, it's clearly a thing, but, like... It's interesting just how that time time travel aspect of the show has really been brought to the forefront, starting like starting in series one and moving all the way forward to now. You have you know like I mean I won't spoil what the basic premise of dinosaurs on a spaceship is, um, but <laughs> but dinosaurs on a spaceship functions. Like, the the basic character premise of Dinosaurs in a Spaceship functions on, oh, wait, the Doctor has a time machine and can do whatever he wants with it. Um, uh, just knowing the cast of characters that he's bringing along for that story. And Moffat has definitely gone and been one of the big proponents of that. And that's, I mean, that's interesting, but it's funny how, like, you see that the show is just starting to grow into that time travel aspect as opposed to not, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the precious things where it's like, this is, this story is clearly pre-Moffat. <laughs> Just, oh man, really pre-Moffat. Yeah. <laughs> B-movie aliens and a B-movie plot. <sighs> I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I can't. That's fine. No, that's fine. And you know, there's always the there's always that story that you just can't can't get past. I mean, like, is I I don't know. I I managed to look past it enough to like enjoy it for what it is. It's like um, it's like uh, you can I you know if it's not glare if it's not that glaring you can look past it. But it, you know if it's that glaring, which it is to some people like you, that's not <laughs> that came out really offensive. Um. You know, it's just like you can't get past it, you can't enjoy it, and that's fine. There's plenty of other Doctor Who stories for you to enjoy. Um, and plenty of other Eccleston. Unfortunately, not plenty more Eccleston ones. Sure, but the ones that are Eccleston that aren't this are actually really all quite good. So, it's not it's not a huge deal. So, you're fine. You'll make it. You'll survive. Eccleston, will I? Will I? Yeah. Will you know why? I? You know why? Because Eccleston will be back. It's, it's, it's literally a matter of time. Like, seriously, it's a matter of time. So. Oh, he'll be back. You, you might think? have to give him. Oh, oh yeah. Give him, give him time. Give him time. He'll come back. Paul McGann came back. Paul McGann comes back. Anyone can come back. Well, but yeah, but what's he doing? I mean, Christopher Eccleston's going to be in Thor too. <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, Sylvester McCoy is in The Hobbit. Like he's in The Hobbit, and Big Finish had to write around that for this trilogy of uh, Sylvester McCoy stories that's coming out right now. So. Mm. It'll happen. It'll happen. Just give it time. I swear to you, it'll happen. In our lifetimes, even. Uh, I would... Well, I would hope so. Because <laughs> I would hope that I would die after Chris Eccleston does. Yeah, In our lifetimes. <laughs> yep, the math does check out. <laughs> the science, science checks out. Science checks out. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, 
Uh, before we wrap up the episode, want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. Uh, go there, order some comic books, statues, action figures, uh, all that stuff, t-shirts. You just pre-order it uh, roughly like two to three months in advance, and then uh, you can get discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. And you ship uh, monthly, bi-weekly, or weekly, and it's six ninety-five flat rate shipping. Doesn't matter how much you uh, how much you ship at a time; it's always six ninety-five. So, thanks to DCBService.com. Sounds like flat rate. Sounds like a flat rate. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes I like to define things for people. <laughs> That's what flat flat rate means, guys. Uh, next week, another William Hartnell episode. This one, The Ark, which I know nothing about. So That's right. End of episode two is pretty messed up. I'm just saying. Oh, is it this one? Where yeah. end of episode two is really awesome, and then, and then it's just like, oh, that's how they get out of that? And it's still going and going, and it's boring, and we're done. No, 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 no. It's no. not that episode- one? No, no, no. This is this is a story that if you haven't seen it, it's actually it's I don't know. I quite like the arc, or I liked it the one time I've seen it. I actually haven't rewatched it because Cassandra blogged this one for the blog. Um, but uh, it's a story that like if you don't know anything about it, just watch it because by the time you hit episode two, you'll be like, wait, wait, that's it? That that's that's the end of the story? And then it and then it does this weird twist, and you're like, oh. That's weird. And then episodes three and four are entirely different. Um, but it's a it's a good story. It's it's uh, I think it's the first time we get to talk. About, oh no, we talked about John Wiles before. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good it's a good one. I quite I quite enjoyed it the first time I watched it. We'll see how it goes. Okay, awesome. Looking forward to it. More me- dodo. More dodo. Oh. <laughs> Looking forward to it less. <laughs> uh, in the meantime. <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter on twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Uh, also, Scott Commentary from time to time uh, where I live tweet things. And uh, Matt, where are you located? <laughs> I'm located here. You can find me here on this podcast all the time. <laughs> um, you can also find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Gagadin. You can also find me on my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary, where I talk about whatever I'm watching. Uh, you can also find me at my blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com. Uh, last week, I don't remember what we talked about. Uh, it was like the science, it was like the sensor rights or something. I don't know. Not important. What's important is this week we're talking about Shada. Oh, is- boy. Oh, that's right. Last Are we doing was- that? Are we doing that? I don't think so. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> at this like, point. Let's just not. Let's just not. <laughs> look, at this point, I, I, having seen what of Shada I've seen, I'm just going to go and say Shada doesn't really exist. So it's nah, nah, nah. <laughs> We don't, I don't need to see it anymore, believe me, after I do this blog. Why? Because Shada this time, if you if you don't read any of my blogs, please read this one, because God knows uh, blood, sweat, and tears are going into this one. Not because it's 100 degrees out, but also because 100 degrees. Um, uh, Shada, it's it's a story written by Douglas Adams. It's the, supposedly It was supposed to be the last Graham Williams story. It was the last Douglas Adams story. It was the one right before John Nathan Turner took over. It was supposed to be like the last song of the 1970s. And, uh, 
it uh, it sucks. Um, and I decided that I was going to do a triple comparison on it because it was never completed and it doesn't exist. So I'm comparing the novelization to the Big Finish audio drama slash BBC webcast, which is basically the B- the Big Finish audio but with like an animatic aspect, um, and the extraneous surviving video footage. Uh, <laughs> strap yourselves in. It's a long one, folks. Uh, and it, I don't know. I think it's turning out okay. Hopefully it turned out okay uh, last time I ever talked about Shada. Um, so, yeah, it's all it's all good. Now I need to check to see if Shada's on the list. Oh, no, it's not on the list. We're not doing Shada, so it's okay. We're all good. We're all good. Um, uh, also mentioned, next week we're doing the arc, like Scott said. Uh, next, Then the week after that we're doing David Tennant in 42, which is that one in season three with Martha. Uh, and then we're doing the John Pertwee day of the Daleks story, which is his first and easily best Dalek story. Uh, then we're doing the second Dr. Macro terror, which is a phenomenal, wonderful story. And then pyramids of Mars, which is another genius, wonderful, awesome story. So, uh, check those out coming up, coming up. So, you know, and if you haven't seen pyramids of Mars, you're going to want to join us for that one. Cause that's going to be a gush fest. Hmm. And if you want to hear us on our other show, The Mind Grabbers, uh, this past week, episode 24, The Big Bang Theory Theory, uh, in which we talk about the pilot episodes to the IT crowd and The Big Bang Theory. Um, We do not like The Big Bang Theory, so if you do and you want to hear us shred it, you should listen. If you don't you want to hear us shred it, you should listen. If you do and you don't want to hear us shred it, eh, there are show notes. Listen to the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the IT crowd, which is uh, uh, like a British version, kind of. Uh, it's a British comedy. It's a British comedy about nerds. Um, and then uh, and then we, we talk Supernatural, as we have been doing since, I don't know, like episode four or something. Um, three episode three. It's been a while, really, since while. episode three. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and lots of other things. So uh, check check us check us out over there. The mind robbers. Um, we talk about all of the things over there, all of the things, and, and every so uh, often sprinkle in Doctor Who. Just every, a little bit. every so often, just sprinkle it in. Uh, in the meantime, like fine seasoning. <laughs> so that's where you can find us, and. Uh, Leave iTunes reviews, go to the website, email the show at podcast at mindropper.net, and we will see you next week with the art. Bye. Peace.